Hey everybody, welcome to B-Roll by the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. Uh, B-Roll is a podcast where we watch uh, independent or straight-to-stream sci-fi fantasy films, and then we break them down and make fun of them. I'll be your host, Anthony. And I'll be your other host, Chris. Awesome, let's get started. What did we watch? What's the movie? We watched the feature film version of Code 8. Code 8? Yes. Another so, another Netflix, uh, I think Netflix original as far as the uh, the yeah. wide release. Uh, the way we do this podcast is a little different. We're actually going to tell you what we thought of the movie at the beginning of the podcast. Yes. So just we're just going to get it out of the way. And then we're going to talk about the movie and then the um, the content within it, the lore, the world building. And then anything we the find end, interesting, anything we don't find interesting. Yeah. And then at the end, we're going to decide ultimately if we like the movie or not. So Code 8 is described by the blurb, In his world, superpowers are banned. But will this ordinary man reveal his true nature to save his mother? Interestingly, I actually saw a different Netflix blurb than oh. the one you saw. I, I can't okay. find it, but I do, I do do know it was different. And the IMDb blurb is, once again, different as well. So I think what you're reading is the Netflix Yeah, I'm marketing. reading off Netflix. The IMDb mm-hmm. uh, blurb says, A super-powered construction worker falls in with a group of criminals in order to raise the funds to help his ill mother. I think is a much right. better description. Because um, sure. it's right off the bat, he's not ordinary. <laughs> like they established <laughs> that right away. I really liked a lot of things about this movie. And I'm going to put a twist on, I'm going to hit you with a question. Is this like a serious version of the FP? Ooh, no. Um, So hold on. You get a young guy who's trying to overcome his circumstances. mm -hmm. And then his, he has a mentor who just happens to also be his brother in real life. Mm. At the end, evil is defeated, quote unquote. Mm -mm. And then our hero moves on. (laughs) The only difference is he doesn't he doesn't get the girl. There's significantly like, less dancing, <laughs> yeah, um, which is I I think very unfortunate. It's unfortunate uh, in this movie. No, I don't uh, think it's anything like the FP. <laughs> First of all, the fashion isn't nearly there. Um, I'm just saying, like, if you could use the FP as a like, you can't. An, so here's an analogy. Where you're, here's where you're so here's where you're breaking so hold down. On, hold on. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Let, let me. I'm gonna let you go. Out. Sorry. I'm let you go. So, Ant Man. Is a movie about a heist. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Could you could you call Ant Man a heist movie? Sure. Um, I I have compare. Hold on. That you could compare to Ocean's Eleven, uh, which is a, a movie about a heist, right? These sure. These two plots, Code Eight and the FP, which I'm not saying that Code Eight is better than the FP. Well, nothing is, but they follow the same steps in the story, and I think what I meant to say, like cooler. This is a superpower movie. It's not a superhero movie. It's a superpower movie. Right. These people are special. They have powers. Okay. Yes. Uh, But they're not superheroes in the formulaic sense of Captain America. Right. So that's my opinion of this movie is it is a better produced, better shot, better graphics kind of FP-ish movie. Okay. And uh, that's where I'm, I'm throwing it out there. Okay. I'm I'm going to 
I guess rebuttal um, because you forced <laughs> me uh, into this into this corner here. No, it's not. Simply because the two movies are highly formulaic does not mean they rely on one another. In fact, they're relying on much more traditional storytelling for their inspiration. I, I fail to see. I fail to see the analogy in any way. No, no, I'm just saying. Jatro that... doesn't break bad. He doesn't have a family. I yeah, guess you but... could call Casey DC his mother. I'm just saying. Like, that kind of actually this fits. This is. <laughs> it's just it, they they go along the same tracks. Yeah, and and if in that would... all formulaic. If... See, I was going to call this a better version of X Men Three, but I mean, if you want to go, I don't remember X Men Three. That's um... good. Maybe maybe we'll watch it next week. <laughs> uh, when I was watching it, I was like, "Oh, this is kind of like the FP, but it's not cyberpunk future." You know, yeah, what does I mean? it, they, they get they get superpowers in the FP. I'm just saying, like, but it's like the FP is post apocalyptic, right? Like, and this is its own. It's, it's like Fallout, modern dystopia. It's yeah, not. It's is... I say it's dystopian. It's not. It's it's, a, it's highly so. I, the movies are trying to do two very, very different things. So not only did you just alienate 99% of people who would ever listen to this, um, cause they have not seen the FP and they should, all of you should. The movies are trying to do two very, very different things, right? The FP is an homage to the eighties essentially. Yeah. And this movie is got a lot of political messaging. I think it was on point and it's a little more, it's both more subtle and more heavy handed with that messaging True. than other movies that try to have the same method tools superheroes i'm just thinking let's let's go ahead and do it let's make the x-men reference sure an x-men an x-men excuse me the one of the overarching plots is that there are menace and how can we we got to track them and then x-men 3 there's a there's a cure and we can save them all and they're outlawed or they're inlawed and they're ostracized and blah 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 and it tries to to basically make the analogy that the mutants are refugees or a uh, minority class of some sort. The problem is, is that it tries to do it at least in the films. And I'm before all the comic book nerds, you can all just calm down, and stop typing whatever you're typing. <laughs> Speaking of the films specifically, because that's the medium that we've decided to review, it doesn't work very well because they're also superheroes. Right, they're above mm-hmm. everything else. They're above. We're we're supposed to. The bad guys are trying to treat them as less than or different, but at the same time, they're also superheroes who are also trying to treat themselves as different than everyone else. So it doesn't really come across. While in Code Eight, the, the superpowered people, or powered as they call them, are actually ostracized. They're actually a minority. They're actually actively discriminated against. Uh, there's a scene in the first five minutes where he's filling out a job application asks if he's powered or not and he hesitates what you know what do i put on here if i put no they'll eventually find out if i put yes i'm not going to get the job um and i think that that's a much more i think it i think it's the same type of message but done just better if that makes sense and no it's nothing like the fp how dare you (laughs) have you seen the second one yet no i haven't okay Um, well come back to me after you watch that one and then we'll discuss the differences between the two uh, look, I'm just saying they they're kind of the same in the way they tell the story. They um, they're both n- maybe not sure. may, maybe not the message. Just I know they're both so, indie films about yeah. somebody coming to terms with with life as it is. 
kind of a coming of age. It's not an. They're neither of them the first to do it. They won't be the last. They both do it well, but differently. Yeah. All right. I agree. I wasn't saying. I wasn't trying to imply that the FP is in any way a bad movie. It just was. While I was sitting here, I was like, "Hey, no, no of course not. I've I've been here." <laughs> we can end our friendship if you want to talk trash about the FP. We can do it right I'm now. I'm not. No, I love the FP, man. I made my wife watch that movie. Oh, you're still married? Yeah. Oh. I knew she, I knew she was the one. That's that was the that was it, right? <laughs> With the totally. engagement ring and some snow boots. This is for you. <laughs> uh, so, Code 8, movie opens. Yes. There's a, a pretty decent... Opening credits, I liked it. It it was oh, yeah. succinct. Like we went from point A to point B, mm-hmm. um, and I knew everything I needed to know about mm-hmm. how this world works. Yes, the world in building the first... in the first two minutes during the credits. Yeah, absolutely. Compare that to our last movie we watched, where it was just a, a running, <laughs> like there was exposition and text at the beginning of the movie, right? And that works in some movies. Um, I think Star Wars is just you're just kind of expected at this point. But you should avoid it as much as possible, right? And this movie does a really good job of bringing you up to speed and building you, getting, laying the foundation for the world without yeah. without making you read. Totes. Yes. So we follow our typical underclass or um, misrepresented citizens. They, they were once valuable. They're no longer valuable. Now they have to turn to a life of crime, drugs, you know. As one does. They're just, un- unfortunately in this movie, they're considered second class citizens. Right. So Connor is our lead. He's one of the Amels. He wakes his mom up. She slept in her uniform. Um, the first thing you notice about his mom, she's got some blue stuff. Yes. On her hands. Weird, kind of weird scarring, perhaps. He said he's going to make her some breakfast. She goes to the bathroom and turns on the water, like hot, hot water, because well, we assume it's hot because like steam is rising off her hand as she's washing her hands. So right. like, and they have a, a good little scene where. Uh, his relationship with his mother is kind of like laid out. He's concerned for her. And she proposes a question. What kind of vegetable would you be? Anthony. Oh, man. What kind of vegetable would you be? <laughs> I, 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 whatever one. What, what type of vegetable do you hate? Which one do I hate? Yeah, what do you hate? <laughs> I, don't, I don't hate any vegetables. You don't hate any vegetables. <laughs> no, I love all of them. You liar. Some more than others. Some. No. <laughs> Um, uh i am i am a brussels sprout oh because i was a brussels sprout because <laughs> no i took it first you can't have it we're brussels sprout brothers oh god <laughs> can, I, can i take it back no you said what you said go ahead oh it's a brussels sprout because it's kind of divisive people love you or people hate you but very few people have no opinion on brussels sprouts unless they just haven't Wait, tried them which brussels sprouts with cheese or Brussels sprouts by themselves with some butter and some garlic and some yeah. salt. If you add the garlic, it's no longer by itself. But yeah, <laughs> uh, that's, that's two vegetables. So he's apply. He we get a cutaway. He's applying for a job. There's like a question like, "Are you specially empowered?" And they call his name, and he hasn't checked the box. So as you said earlier, he's kind of a he's between a rock and a hard place. Either he lies and doesn't get the job, or he lies and does get the job, and then eventually loses the job. Right? Mm-hmm. He is a day laborer. Yeah. He arrives at a construction site. Not something you see a lot. A clean-cut white guy as a day laborer in, a, in any sort of media representation. Sure. They're going straight for multiple analogies with powered people having to turn to crime, 
with that special drug, Psych, I'm sure is coming up, as well as the whole day laborer thing. So they're, they're really casting a wide net with the representation. And they pull it off. Speaking of Psych, uh, Psych is a drug that is made from the spinal fluid of special people. They essentially sell part of their body to make money. Or they're trafficked. Yeah, they essentially become a commodity. Uh, he uh, can handle electricity. There's a scene where he's like standing there, turning some wires, and it's just like... Yeah. There's a dude who like solders pipes with his fingers. Kind of heat, I guess. Yeah. Some dude was able to just like take a... A cinder block to the chest. Boom. And it didn't bother him. Seeing a, it's a great scene. Yeah. A dude who's uh, telekinetic. Mm-hmm. And then, unfortunately, as want to do, the fun ends when the police arrive. I want to say this was one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Yeah. Because it, it just shows he's a day laborer. He shows up, you know, he has a little bit of an argument with the, the foreman or what have you because he's an hour late because of his other, his quote unquote real job interview. And he's only going to get paid a half day instead of a full day, even though he's only an hour late. But whatever, he still does it. He needs the money. So you get to see that he's at least a little bit desperate. Mm-hmm. And then you're seeing all these powered people using their abilities for construction. And construction is something we can all relate to. Whether you've done it or you haven't done it, you've seen it somewhere. You've watched some show about it. You have mm-hmm. helped build something or seen something being built. So it's something is relatable. We're seeing it done differently and how they're able to use their powers to really speed up the construction process. Like you mentioned, he's able to just put wires together with his bare hands, able to cut and solder things with your hands. You don't have to pull out these tools and things like that, be able to float materials up a, up a level or, or you know, really just pick up heavy things. Mm-hmm. So not only are we seeing them do that, but we're also just getting a showcase of all the powers we're going to see throughout the rest of the film. It's another example of just excellent visual storytelling. I'm not going through a list and talking about, oh, this is this type of person, blah, blah, blah. Like you can you can get in any other superhero movie or super powered mm-hmm. person movie. You're getting it told to you and you're getting to learn about his character at the same time. It's fantastic. So it's my, it's my favorite scene in the movie storytelling wise. Like you said, though, cops show up and they ruin everything. I had a, I had a small problem with this scene. Mm. Not all of them are wearing hard hats. Come on, guys. You're, you know what? You're not wrong. I, I think I don't even think was our main guy. Was he wearing a hard hat? I don't think Robbie was nope. wearing a hard hat. Nope. We haven't. This isn't. Yeah. Yeah. I say Robbie. Sorry, Connor, <laughs> played by Robbie Amell. So uh, essentially, we get like what you could consider a raid. I'm sure this happens in real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never seen it where people who are not supposed to be working are working, and the police show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know whatever you however you feel about that kind of thing this happens so we're in lincoln city which is what this is called quite interestingly named lincoln city this uh (laughs) the great emancipator himself so these drones fly around and i i thought these drones looked really cool uh they're very mil mil spec they were very like absolutely militarized and they have these uh space scanners essentially in this world, heavily surveillanced, especially for people who are special. Uh, they were recorded everywhere they're going. They're usually recorded on camera. They have them look up at these drones, and half of them apparently are not permitted to work in Lincoln City without a permit. So they uh, are forced to leave, and then one guy at the end won't look up. He inflames a cop's face. Apparently he's a fire guy. He runs off, and then he gets gunned down by uh, these golems. Uh, <laughs> and android uh, police officers 
Well, they're not androids. They're just robots. They're just drones. They're just robot drones. I mean, they first you, yeah. you you're talking about how they 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 first of all they fall out of the sky, which is yeah fantastic. Which is they yeah, they 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 come out of the bottom of this giant drone thing. There's two of them are up in there. They slide out. They land superhero stance. Yeah, in the street. The guy runs off. It's gunned down. And yeah. it's it's they don't even they there's not rubber bullets. They they kill the guy. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. surprised you haven't called them Marvins or Spectres or just beefy <laughs> Pathfinders. <laughs> because there's there they look like beefy Spectres from Titanfall. <laughs> so just take one, add another seven or eight inches, give us some more armor. Chappy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the face uh, the the face reminded me a lot of of Pathfinder, and then of course the robots that inspired him. So, so I think this look like what do you call this like future mill spec? Like what's the like like, like near steampunk? It's near future. Like, you know it's like near future. We see that quite a bit in movies but, or or video games or in other media where it's just it's just right out of reach. Like you could imagine this happening. Yeah. So it's not it's sci-fi, but it's supposed to be as believable as possible. Sure. That's what um, it looks like. Very militarized. Like I don't know if you've ever seen Elysium, the Matt yeah. Damon mm-hmm. flick, but uh, more Matt Damon uh, movies. Awesome. <laughs> so it's always recommend the Danes. Yeah. So these guys are called Guardians. Did I get that right? Guardians. Yes, Guardians. Yeah, and they're Mecha who kill people. I don't know what they're guarding. Mm. <laughs> but they're pretty violent about it. Immediately after this, there's a press conference, which is unrelated to the incident, but they talk about how the police are cracking down on the psych crime syndicate. They essentially get this drug and then they incinerate it. Yes. It's just a slap in the face to the criminals because like, not only am I interfering with your business, causing you general misfortune and trying to send you to prison, I'm also going to mock you by destroying the one thing that you covet. So we're in a fierce drug war as well. More analogies. Yeah. Connor goes and sees his mom at the, her job. She works at a grocer, like a Dollar General. You ever worked at Dollar General? I have not worked at it. I've been to a Dollar General. I kind of want to work at one. feels like work. For like a little bit. Like if I could get a part-time job where I only work at Dollar General on Saturdays, just for a couple of weeks. Do you think they'd hire me at Dollar General? Mm. Do you think I could get a job at Dollar General? I could get a, I could get yeah. a job at Dollar General. <laughs> I, could, I could get the, I don't know if you're qualified. I could get the manager's job I don't know if you're qualified. Dollar General. I don't think you're qualified to work at Dollar, but you know what? You apply. I, you shoot for the I've stars. I worked at man. a. I worked at Albertsons, which was a which is a grocery store. Yes. Um, it's a. My first job was at a. Kroger. It's a. Yeah. It's a. It's an interesting world, grocery retail. But we're just going to move on. She shows up, or he shows up to his mom's job. She has dropped, I guess, some sauce, and uh, it's apparent that his looks like she might have. Frozen yeah, it, 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 it becomes more obvious it, that. Yeah. She is also special. You know, the manager's kind of being a jerk, but I mean, can you blame him? Um, you can. Yeah, absolutely. Try to have some compassion, man. <laughs> Connor comes to his mother's defense. She gets fired. He's forced to leave. And as it turns out in the car ride home, she has cancer because he says, you need to start taking chemo. And I thought it was like a really interesting moment with the manager. He's like, if you keep having these episodes, which I thought was like a really political way to say, if you can't control your special powers, uh, special powers, then you can't work here. So interesting. Yeah, which you'd feel would be a some violation. Yeah. I mean, she's got to have a documented medical condition. Yeah. Well, it's the real world, man. So- <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the yeah. real world. Sorry, cons. 
we, we find out that she has the ability to freeze. So now we establish yeah. a new, because I don't think we saw this before, but we, we round did out we did not, like no. top 10 anime powers. Number 10, <laughs> telekinesis, you know, and then we round it out with ice power. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sure. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's very good. Keep, it's very good. good. Connor goes to the work pickup site the next day. You've seen these in movies where people, day laborers. Or you've go. lived it. <laughs> no, I have not lived it. Um, no, but. Uh, oh, not you. Just yeah. you. The general yeah. you they get harassed by some people <laughs> like they pull up in like a big truck and then they like throw a bottle full of some kind of liquid i don't want to know what it was and then the green arrow shows up yeah yes. yeah ollie <laughs> yes oliver queen oliver queen shows up and he just he rolls down the window to save firestorm who's firestorm rob he really? plays firestorm <laughs> he told me this <laughs> yeah he told me this <laughs> This is neither of their first superpowered cool. characters. Yes. I mean, but did did the Green Arrow really have superpowers? Oh, he's got connections with the Russian mob, which I think is its own superpower. Personally, if I was going to choose a superpower, I think connection to the Russian mob is in the top Dude. three for sure. <laughs> Can we just go in, on record and just talk about how underrated the first season of Green Arrow is? <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. From his performance in this movie, from Stephen Amell's performance in this movie, I did get some early Arrow season vibes, especially with the uh, the criminal <laughs> underworld. And what if this is just the confidence and all that? Yeah. Oh, you think this, what if, this is what if like no, in the last no. season of Arrow, it turns out that he's actually had telekinetic powers uh, the whole time. No, sounds <laughs> like you know what that sounds like. That sounds like more stuff I'm gonna have to cut out of this. We're moving on. Uh, We're moving on. Um, <laughs> he shows up and he's. All he does is he rolls up and he says, I need an electric, I need a class two electric or an electric class two. I don't remember the order. Electric class two or higher. And then Connor rolls up at the beginning, like when their van is pulling around, he asks another day laborer, a guy he worked with the day before. And he said, and he's like, what are, what's Lincoln power doing here? And he's like, oh no, man, that's, those are criminals. Don't get involved with them. What does he do? He gets involved. involved. They go to a, he does push them. He's, he asks for 200 bucks up front. He's like, we're going to do some shady stuff. You're paying me now. I, I like it. <laughs> it's like uh, this one has spirit. Uh, <laughs> it's like he just he didn't say it out loud, but he's like, I like this kid. Yeah, essentially. Yes. <laughs> so they break into uh, they arrive. We know we were assuming uh, they arrive at a fence that is electrified. And that's why he's here. That's why he's a class two. That's why he's electric. He's here to absorb the electricity. And he does it. And he breaks the fence and he impresses everyone involved. And they're like, yeah. Hey. yeah so hey. the crew is Stephen Amell's character. We don't know what the character's name is yet. Garrett. Yeah. They've called. They, oh, no, do we not I know mean, yet? And then there's. He didn't introduce himself? Yeah. Oh, okay. And then in the car, there was a woman and another man. The man apparently uh, is mute. Mute. And he can only speak in sign language. So anyways, he discharges the power in this fence. The woman approaches the lock. You see that she burns through it. So she's like, oh, okay. She's got heat powers. The other man yes. opens the fence. Then a guard shows up and, you know, it's your standard confrontation. Stephen Amell's character is telekinetic. So he, was, he steals the radio from the guy. They lock him in a trash can, which is very rude. Well, better. I think they might have just killed Yeah, him. sure. And the part where he's like, he has a flashlight. <laughs> That's good. And then uh, they they run from the police. Their van's been identified. They pull over. They rip off the. Uh, it's a wrap. It's now it's a white van. It was a. Would you consider that maroon? It was red of some kind. It was red. Now it's white. It was slick. Yeah. It was a slick. They had a well planned yeah, operation. Good job. Main man Carner. He definitely he fit in really yeah. well. Uh, they arrive at a garage 
looks like a chop shop. I mean, that's what I'm assuming it is. Definitely looks like it, yeah. I, though, I assume that anytime criminals pull into a auto shop or a garage of any kind, I immediately assume that it's at least a part-time yeah. chop shop. I think it's a safe assumption well, in media. Yeah. This is a criminal enterprise is what, we've, what we're learning. They yes. go into a back alley. They go into a back door. They go down this long tunnel up into a nightclub. It is a, how do we say it? It is a gentleman's club. It is a seedy <laughs> gentleman's yeah. nightclub. Every town's got one. I have a I have a rant about why they're called gentlemen's <laughs> clubs. That that's I don't think this is the place. Uh, it's insulting yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Essentially, we have arrived at the headquarters. There's a guy sitting down. He's got long hair. He's got a neck tattoo. You're like, oh, this guy's a criminal. He's a gangster. Those are the criteria. I mean, he also has a gun. <laughs> he has a gun on the table. I, think. Uh, I mean, I don't just hang out with my gun on the table. All right, so. Dad. He's got long hair and tattoos. <laughs> and then across from him is a well-dressed gentleman who um, is part of a criminal organization known as the Trust. So they're, yes. the, they're the money. I am continuously impressed with how people are able to come up with more nondescript generic <laughs> names for organizations. <laughs> With the amount of media that is out there, the trust. Cool. All right. I mean, just, these guys are the... It's perfect. I mean, uh, we can't call them the mafia, but they are essentially a, a criminal uh, organization. They're a crime syndicate. They finance drug dealers. And uh, the guy that they threaten, this capo, yes. he has he can read minds, apparently. He's telepathic if he can touch somebody. And then they leave. He has to look into their yeah. eyes. Yeah. I don't think he has to touch them. He doesn't have to touch them. He just stares at her from across the oh. table. I mean, most of the time he t- like he touches them. I think he's being aggressive. Or hold, but at that point, he or um, no, I think he says like I don't have to read her mind. I think that's what he says. So yeah, he just oh yeah. maybe not. Anyways, he this guy's the capo. He's the lieutenant essentially. Stephen Amell's characters. We now learn his name is Garrett. Solid, solid name. We learn that this guy's name is Marcus Scutliffe. Did I say that right? Scutliffe. Thank you. And so when he when the guy gets introduced. They're like, who's this guy referring to Connor? He says Connor Sutcliffe, which elicits a chuckle from the bald bodyguard. Yeah, but apparently there's not yeah. enough money in the pot. He can't afford to like keep his promise. He just got. We saw a police yeah. raid. Essentially, they're up against. Uh, they're up against the wall. Their backs are against the wall. Essentially, he describes like, if we don't pay them, they're gonna kill me, and then they're gonna kill you. <laughs> typical upper management yeah. when everything's going poor it's everyone's job everyone's you know this is your fault job to fix kind of... it when things are going well you know oh sorry this, this guy's is, the this is my this bonus the michael scott of the criminal criminal world <laughs> is a little bit more competent but yeah connor goes home his mom's like i got my job back he's like great and we had a there was a character introduced her name is nia she coughs a lot yes marcus coughs a lot and when he's coughing he calls to her so what's going on there yeah that that was that was the most thinly veiled reveal <laughs> as much as i've i've said good things about this movie and things i'm liking about it it's world building the the actual plot itself is the first example of it um, and probably the biggest it, it's fairly transparent it is very easy to predict for the most part, there are a few good twists. Oh, I see. Um, but for the most part, it's very, very easy to be like, "Oh, that's yeah, that's that saying. thing." Oh, look, it's it, very I was formulaic. right. I get what you. I get what you're saying. I agree. Yes, but the world it's in is different. It's interesting. 
and it's told very well. So it's it's a very formulaic story set in an unformulaic world with an unformulaic yeah. premise. I, I thought it was a great movie. I, like, I still think it's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Marcus talks to Garrett, and he says, he asks about Connor, and he's like, he's the most powerful electric I've ever seen, or something to that effect. Or he says, like, he doesn't know how powerful he is. And so Marcus leans on him and says, you need to recruit him into our organization. He's valuable. Connor gets a crash course on becoming a petty criminal. He does a drug deal in which uh, he doesn't count the money that he receives. And Garrett's like, where's the money? He's like, that's what he gave me. He's like, did you count it? What am I supposed to count it in front of him? Like, yeah. (laughs) Like, of course you count the money someone's giving you. For drugs in Great. front of you, <laughs> he's 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 Breaking Bad in a in a very nice little montage yeah. of scenes, and also learning to control his electric, electricity yeah, powers. Uh, Garrett, as we find found out earlier, is telekinetic, so he's like, and he's lifting up these light bulbs, and he's trying to like, I guess, I mean, what is Connor learning here? Like the ability to project his power is like a field. He's projecting his power in multiple areas um, with, with, you know, fine control is important, okay. I guess, is what he's what he's doing. Because he also has him, during in the montage, he has him um, turn off the alarm yeah. in a car, right? So I imagine getting into the crime that they're getting ready for, being able to electrify certain circuits and not others inside of a machine or inside of, um, I don't know, like a bank vault or some sort, um, would be very very yeah. useful we're starting to be, understand that this isn't something he just couldn't like fire a lightning bolt like off it just can't be like right. lightning bolt right lightning bolt i think we might have actually skipped ahead a little bit but we'll talk about it right now the cops showed up at where where the uh, job went down uh where the barrels were stolen this is called yes. hydro i don't know what hydro is but they have I three barrels of it we get sung kang do you recognize this dude oh, you mean han yeah, yeah. <laughs> How could I not? He's uh, I, I immediately He's in all of my favorite movies. I immediately I was like <laughs> all your favorite uh I was like, <laughs> "Hey, it's the cop from Bullet to the Head." Yes. <laughs> and then I was like, "Yes. But he's Han. Why did I think of Bullet to the Head?" <laughs> I because Bullet to the Head is a fantastic film. You are right. Uh, they get a list together of anyone who's like a level two, like three and above, or are they just, they're getting a list together of like powerful electric level. Yeah. That they can, uh... <laughs> he, oh, he also lies to his mom and tells her that he uh, got a real job and he like, in, Connor does. Yeah. And he intimidates his, the, the store manager at, at uh, the uh, dollar general knockoff. So apparently they're going to do a, they're doing a bank job whenever, Garrett couldn't get paid from Marcus. He's like, you'll have to pull another job. It's a bank job. Uh, this is our first heist. They case the joint. Mm-hmm. We apparently find out that Connor is a class five electric. Yeah. So it's implied the higher class, yeah. the higher. Sure. Yeah. I think I might have already said that. Did I already say that? Anyways. I'm not listening to you. <laughs> they robbed the bank. Lincoln Dominion, I think is what it was called. It was a bank. Insert bank name here. There was supposed to be $500,000 in the bank. They cleared it out like hours before. And then they shoot down this drone. After the, the job goes sideways, the cops show up. A drone shows up. Um, and Connor shoots the drone out of the sky with his hand. Like with his electricity powers. 
Yes. Awesome. Everyone was it's actually yeah. It's the first like it's it's a huge because it's a big. We, we're calling it drone, but it's the size of a helicopter. It's it's a yeah. pretty. It's not like a small handheld thing. It's like a Chinook. This thing's big. It's <laughs> it's not that big, but yeah, it's it's a good size. You ever heard of Chinook land? No. They make a really funny noise. They meet back up at headquarters. Marcus is like, is that all? And he's like, yeah, that's all the money that was in the vault because they cleared it out. And Marcus is like, oh no, I messed up. And so Garrett and Marcus start fighting. Connor's sitting at the bar. He's just kind of hanging out. Someone else at the bar in like a hoodie nods at another person. That person gets up, interferes with an employee's job. Uh, (laughs) Classy, classy. (laughs) And like the bouncers show up and they like escort this dude out. And then the person who did the nod turns out this person is actually the bald girl who is with um, the, the, trust. the finely dressed gentleman at the beginning. Yes. And she's a shape changer. Cool. Connor is like, oh, she's got a gun. So she's here to kill Marcus, essentially. It doesn't go as planned. And as it turns out, Marcus's bodyguard is bulletproof. Yeah, the guy's got a good uh, good little <laughs> He's got group a, going on. This guy's a really good power, which is the ability to not die from bullets. <laughs> yeah. Also my top three superpowers, for sure. They end up killing the assassin. If you were bulletproof, okay. if you had that superpower, you could go your whole life and never find out that you're bulletproof. <laughs> well, that's a good point. How did this dude find like, <laughs> out he was bulletproof? <laughs> I mean, I imagine it's more than just being bulletproof. It's uh, all injuries, right? If you're stopping bullets, you're stopping scrapes and burns and, and other things. Yeah. But just saying, if, like, if it was specifically bulletproof, you're you're never... Gosh, hopefully you're never finding out. out. I mean, there could be hundreds and thousands of people that are bulletproof. (laughs) We would Uh, never know. So uh, we find out in the the aftermath, Nia is a healer. Um, She has the ability to heal, uh, as she proves by touching Connor's arm where he has been cut. Healer. Mm -hmm. Did not see that coming. Well, as we we find out, (laughs) it's not really healing. Oh, didn't see that coming. Yeah, yeah, I think really her character is the character that is is super predictable. It's obvious from the interactions she's having with Sutcliffe that she's healing him and doesn't really care for the guy. Yeah. And because she also has his cough. Now she's also addicted to psych. She's or at least using it. Mm-hmm. So it's usually maybe that's what it's from. But usually, if you're using a drug recreationally, <laughs> it's because yeah, you're addicted usually. to it. Man, the I don't need are, this type of judgment right the now. Comments in this, on this spot are gonna go crazy. I think we've picked two movies in a row where there's there's main characters are drug addicts. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what does that say about us? What's the next one? Um, Connor arrives home. His mom is sitting there at the kitchen table with. She has just a bunch of money. As it turns out, Connor is an idiot criminal. Who leaves his money in his sock drawer underneath a job application that he didn't fill out. Quite literally under a piece of paper. Yes. Get a safe, man. Just throw it in the, or, put it in a bag. Or a file and cabinet. you put it inside a, you put it in a vent or something if you really want to hide it. I mean, come on now. Jeez, Connor. What are you I mean, he's doing? literally just trying to hide it from his mother. He's not even thinking past his mom to a future police raid yeah. or just Dude. anybody who comes in his, his room what are you doing? and gets a little snoopy. I'm out. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> he's a decent criminal. He's just not. I don't know. He's, he's not good at all the supporting act. You, need... you know, you, you can't just go out there and do the crime. There's all these other things you've got to maintain. 
<laughs> is that the difference between a petty criminal and a professional criminal? Like a professional uh, criminal knows what they're doing because it's they get paid for. That is the term. Yeah, the definition. Yes, uh, we find out his mom can freeze things. Like they have, they're, they're having a fight, um, and she freezes the water in her hand. Yes, the glass filled with water and it lands and shatters, probably ruining all the money. Yeah, yeah, uh, wet money. <laughs> yeah. Throw it away. Uh, Done with this. <laughs> he takes her to the um, doctor. As it turns out, she has a tumor pressing on her spinal column, which is causing her to. Well it's, well, it's pushing on her brain, which is essentially causing, these, causing her yeah, powers to manifest without her consent. Or without her, like, she doesn't want it to happen. It's happening anyway. She's losing control. There we go. <laughs> so he goes to the hospital. Uh, he leaves the hospital. And he is confronted by the police. Officers Park and Davis. Park is, is Han. Yeah. Everyone's favorite drift king. I thought David was, um, or Davis was... Um, Mark from the first two seasons of Community for a second. Mm. I don't know if you know who that is, but no. Yeah, Google him when you have a chance. Apparently, Davis is so gung ho about crime fighting and serving justice that he is willing to plant evidence on Connor to force him to give up the criminals. They talk about his mom. They talk about his dad. We learn about his dad in this scene. His dad. His dad got was it also an electric who got killed. Uh, well, he was trying to hold up a convenience store or a liquor store. Yeah, One of the two. So they lean on Connor, but they don't lean enough. Park lets him go. He's like, we've got circumstantial evidence. There's no way the DA would prosecute. And um, he gets picked up by uh, Garrett as as he's left. Um, and he's like, I got to talk to Marcus. And he's like, after you came out of a cop shop? Cop shop. Did he, That's, did he call it a cop shop? Yeah, he, is that you being an idiot? No, he called it a cop shop. That's what I'm calling police stations from now on is cop shop. Cop shop. <laughs> uh, That's great. No, I'm being serious. No, no, it's good. It's good. While while he was being interrogated or like leaned on, Davis let slip that in three days they're going to incinerate the site that they've captured from Marcus. So mm-hmm. Connor is like... Saw, saw that too. Yeah. It was a little... Well... It, it was so obvious that I thought that Davis was trying to lay a trap. Maybe. Or maybe but he was saying it to, like, bait a reaction. You know, like, try to get this guy to possibly, incriminate possibly. himself somehow. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. But I, it was just, it was like, oh, we're going to we're gonna take that. We're going to take that stuff uh, before y'all can burn it. <laughs> that that was, that's what we're going to do. And you can almost see it on, on uh, Connor's face. Connor, I guess, in the, in the ride to Marcus, tells Garrett what he wants to do. They arrive. Connor's like, we can do this job. Why don't we attack the psych shipment? Um, yep. And as it turns out, he wants Nia because she's a healer. Nia's um, mother. Garrett says he wants to be a partner with Marcus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wants to be fifty-fifty with Marcus. Yeah, and Connor wants uh, Nia to heal his mom. But Marcus gets all the money. Apparently, Connor doesn't want any. He just wants Nia. We get a heist planning montage. Yep. How was yep. that? Did you like this montage? Yeah, the montages in this movie are good. Yeah, I thought it was cool. They're solid. They acknowledge the fact that the drones couldn't fly. Like into into the city because yeah. the buildings or what have mm-hmm. you. Yeah, did you know it was at this point that I noticed the drones? As they looked cool, like you said, they looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, not just from a like, but stylistically and the CGI was good. They looked like drones you would just you would buy, you know, you'd order offline or, or buy at a kiosk in the mall uh, with the four turbines <laughs> um, in each corner. Yeah, you notice there's some faraway shots 
it's 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 a little bit more obvious like oh that's they just took that model and they built on it which probably made it which probably why it looked so good kind of maybe a mix and i'm just guessing here i've done negative research <laughs> but a mix of, of real world effects with the with the, the, the cgi on top of it probably i mean they might have done a thing where looked they great just filmed it flying around and they just blew that yep. up yeah you know why not uh how are you going to tell when you're that far away <laughs> yeah connor confronts neo and if there was any hint of any sort of like romantic interactions between them at any point before now i mean they don't have a whole lot of react like interactions but if you thought for a second that connor was getting nia because he was like i can save this girl it, it is immediately apparent that connor only wants nia to save his mother she calls him out on it like runs away from him and connor's you know having to he's having to face that like yeah i don't care about this girl's life other than you know as a cure well he just thinks she can come cure him. yeah but i mean but he's like essentially telling marcus that she becomes my property so like that's yeah. what i'm saying like this girl's connor yeah. doesn't and he tries to tell her hey you you cure my mother you can leave that's it blah 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 but she's like no nah. so the heist goes off pretty well Essentially, we find out that this van is very shielded, so Connor has to get close and, like, shock it. I thought they did a clever use of uh, cement roadblocks, like concrete roadblocks, not cement, maybe. Mm-hmm. They do the classic, we'll divert them somewhere. Yeah. Or we have more control. And then there's, like, a big truck also interferes. Like, rrr, rrr. Why is it always a garbage truck? Because they're huge. Because, <laughs> because you can't knock them down. What are you going to do to a garbage truck? It covers both lanes sideways. You're not going to be able to do anything about it. Yeah. Also, like, I just, it's just the, I, I ask this question every time I see one of these okay. kind of setups in a movie. Did they steal the garbage truck? Do they, oh. they obviously, they, they stole all this stuff, I guess? Bro. Or do they already have money to purchase it? Like, they, it's like every high school is like, we bought uniforms. So like, I thought you guys, I thought this was like the big hit because you're out of money, but how are you buying these uniforms? Where are they getting uniforms for free? Are they seamstresses? Dude, are they really good at this? Bro, if you're not like, if you're not operating under the assumption that as a criminal organization they probably have their fingers in a lot of pies. So who's to say yeah, that I a, guess, a, yeah. who's to say that a sweatshop <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that that's hires true. illegal in this, laborers. In this case in this case that would make sense. Well, there yeah, this case that would make sense. I'm just thinking in general. Sure. But you're right. You're right. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. Of, I'll I'll direct my hate elsewhere. Of course they stole the garbage truck. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> they didn't go buy it. You don't go buy a garbage truck. You have to no, no, go no, no, to no, a just... dealer who sells you the the truck, like the cabin. Well, I, didn't say they, I didn't say that. I mean, maybe they maybe they had somebody who was employed as a garbage man no. and drove the truck. That's what I meant. No, they stole like they they paid some guy who worked at a trash company to be like. Oh yeah, I look over there. I left yeah. it running when I went inside, and someone stole the truck. Oh no! <clears throat> yep. You know. Connor knocks out the vans and the drones. We find out that Garrett's like telekinetic ability is pretty strong because he's able to hold down robots. Mm-hmm. We get to see uh, Maddie, who is the uh, she's the Heat Girl, and Freddie is the uh, he's the Brawn, as they call them. They yes. call them Brawns. People who are telekinetics or TKs. Right. I don't think they say anything about. Do they just say a Heat for? The fire people? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Everything goes good. They steal the psych, and as the psych is being like delivered to Bulletproof Man, or the boss's bodyguard, I don't know which one we're going to call him, he shoots Maddie in the back, and we got us a good old-fashioned double cross. Yep. They turn their guns on Freddy, Garrett, and Connor. Like Garrett does this cool thing where he pulls Freddy 
over the car, but Freddy gets shot through the, the glass. And then the drones, the guardians land and shoot down the people who were trying to kill them. So And shoot after them as they run down an alley. Yeah. Typical, like, it, it was, I liked it because you kind of expected something to go wrong. It wouldn't be very fun if it didn't. But the internal double cross, I'll admit I didn't quite see that coming. It makes sense in hindsight, but yeah. growing into it, they did a pretty good job of making them all on the same team for most of the movie. So, Well, hey, man, Marcus, he didn't get to the top by playing fair. No, that's, no he did not. That's why, he's, that's why he's the capo. Yeah. Oh, by the way, four police officers were murdered in this scene. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean to just like traps on it like well, that. Well, yeah, and we should say that like Robbie, during the sorry, double... Connor, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was pretty adamant about people not being killed. Sure, he doesn't want their and deaths. And then, on his right at the beginning of the double cross, yeah. they done killed four cops, yeah. just executed yeah. them. And one guy's like, "I just want to see my family." Like, Sorry, man. So Freddie dies in the um, in the car, I think. And then Garrett and Connor, like, they're just like hanging around, <laughs> just hanging out in front of a a steel drum barrel with fire in it. They just, I was like, okay, here. Well, they're th- they're burning evidence. Yeah, I was like, yeah. okay, here we go. I've been around movies and Connor leaves. He's out. He leaves Garrett alone. Garrett's like, where are you going to go? And he just kind of leaves. You could tell they've had that argument before in real life. (laughs) I'm telling (laughs) mom. Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) So uh, Park and Davis, they're getting chewed out by their captain, which is, I think my favorite cop movie or television show, like cliche. The trope. Yeah. Is like the The angry captain. Yeah. The two, the two partners getting chewed out by their captain, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, never gets old. Classic. Connor goes and visits his mom. She's not getting any better. You know, it's just, and she kind of like, he tries to tell her that he's trying to do everything he can to save her. Then she's like, you got to let me die, kid. <laughs> she does this, yeah. Summarizing. Yes. Um, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta let me go. <laughs> is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. You gotta let me die, kid. <laughs> no, I I don't think that's I don't think that's that at all. I'm just saying. Um and this is there's there's a little bit here that where it breaks down like he's able to go visit his mother. The the two uh, Park and, and Davis or Dixon or what have you, they, they got uh chewed out for letting this kid go when he's obviously one of the few people that could have pulled this job. And they don't think to stake out his mother's hospital room? I don't know. He just walks into the, the hospital? I mean they got bigger fish to fry, they're trying to catch Marcus, you know? Sure, but he's their way. Uh, well, things fall through the crack, think, man. Things fall through the cracks. Yeah. Um, again, <laughs> this this is real life, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Park goes to visit his kid. Apparently, uh, she is also telekinetic. She has the ability to pull things off yes. counters and book cabinets. Which, man, this this whole sequence. I guess the the, the his not. I guess they're separated or divorced, or whatever. But his ex. Yeah. Uh, talks about how. The daughter was scaring kids at school by moving stuff around, like on the walls and whatnot. Which you can imagine has got to be hard. It's, it's hard to be different when you're a kid. Yeah. And then you add into all this social pressure, it's it's even worse. Yeah. And then he takes her for a walk to go get some ice cream. Cotton candy. Like the most cotton candy. My, I'm sorry, cotton candy. I'm just die one ice cream. I kind of want ice cream. So yeah. Go to get cotton candy, and it was the daughter asks Park if you know her him and, and mom are going to give her away because i guess it's something that she'd seen on the news yeah as people giving away their powered kids so they at the beginning of the movie during the initial opening sequence they i think they, there's like a 
a registration act they're trying to get passed, which has been discussed ad nauseum in any X-Men comic book or movie. I mean, I think the Avengers did it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. I, I assume that's what she's referring to is where these kids are at home with their parents and they're like, hey, mommy, Susie moved my desk this morning. And she's like, well, soon her parents are going to have to give her away. And then the kid goes to school and says it to Oh, the maybe. I don't know. I got the I got the impression that people were actually giving up their kids for adoption if they found that they were powered. Fits. And that's the impression I got. I agree. Totally. Totally something else that I, probably happened. Park is confronted by uh, Connor's work associate from the beginning uh, mm-hmm. of the movie and uh, the two subsequent scenes at the day laborer camp. The, is it a camp? I'm sorry. I don't feel the, like that's the, the... The day laborer, like, meeting place. Uh... <laughs> The job, like yeah, the job like, site. Um, I feel like there's a word for that, but I don't know it either. So the station. We'll look it up. We'll look it up later. The station. It's a station. So people sure. show up and then they leave. Connor's friend hands Park a note. It's like you got to meet me someplace public, which is a diner. He pulls his gun and like is hiding it through his jacket while he sits next to Connor, which is uh, yeah, baller. Trigger discipline, my friend. <laughs> or barrel discipline, I should say. He's like, I'll give up Scutliff. Or Sutcliffe. Sutcliffe, right? That's what it is? Yes. Okay. What a name. Marcus Sutcliffe. Well, I mean, and it makes sense that he would point a gun at him. This guy, Connor, could just... Yeah, he doesn't know who killed who. Like He doesn't know who killed who, but he does know he's a Class 5 electric yeah. and took down some drones. Sure. Like big helicopter-sized drones, so... He gives up an address, essentially. Get another scene where the captain and all the cops are, like, hanging out in front of the... Or they're like watching a screen, like they're watching the surveillance. Mm-hmm. And then the captain's like, are you sure about this? And he's like, I, I'm <laughs> sure, Cap. I don't think he said it like that. He just was like, yeah, you know, this was this is my tip. And uh, they're right. Yeah. They send in the guardians. They send in the cops. There's a shootout. A pretty decent action scene, I yeah. thought. I liked it in the dark. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is they, how They're you... taking out the nightclub. They turn the lights off. This... They run in. The robots can obviously see in the dark because why wouldn't we build robots that are <laughs> that can't see better than ourselves <laughs> yeah that was, yeah and then uh <laughs> they murk everyone in there more or less i'm gonna make these robots the exact same as humans this is how you film in the dark game of thrones <laughs> i was gonna say that Oof. um oh uh, what what is uh trying to get us taken down <laughs> yeah i mean you can cut that out i, I won't <laughs> sutcliffe marcus and the bulletproof man and Nia escape in the tunnel. Yep. They arrive and they're getting ready to leave. And then, I mean, this has probably got to be like, what, a couple hundred feet away where they would feel reasonably it's un- safe it's- to leave in a car. Yeah. It's unclear exactly how far it is because it is in a, in, a, in a city. So it could be yep. a mile. I don't know. I mean, I, I assume it's probably on the same block, just on the other corner. No, possibly. Anyways, Connor and Garrett confront Marcus and the bodyguard. Do we want to describe this scene? Because I thought it was a pretty good like fight. It was a it's a fantastic fight. Yeah, it's a good. You got bulletproof guy, uh, you got electric guy, you got TK guy, and some guns. Like it's a nice. Yeah, it just shows that like just because you're bulletproof doesn't mean you won't die if someone stabs you in the eye with a long yeah. sharp object. Yeah, that was that was very nice. <laughs> but uh, no, I thought it was cool. Like you get to see the powers on display. Yes, I think this is the only time we see the powers on display against each other. I think so. You might be right. Yeah. I feel like if I was like Connor, if I was a really powerful electric, I would just concentrate my electricity into my hands. And then I would just carry whips and be like that dude from Iron Man 2. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 
I'm just saying. Anyway. <laughs> I just, I don't know why I agreed to this. <laughs> Anyways, I mean, we're going to talk in a minute about what your favorite or how, what your favorite power is and which one you would want. So you can just chill, buddy. I'm chilling. Um, Marcus dies. They kill the bulletproof man, whose name I don't think we ever get. He's Oh, I'm sure they threw it out there sometime, oh, yeah, but it's his role is way more important than his name. Yeah. Garrett kills uh, Connor, or I'm sorry, Garrett kills Marcus in a very violent way. He crushes his throat. Yes. Ugh, what a way That's to what go. this TK powers. Yeah. After getting shot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Garrett grabs the drugs, and then Connor's like, he wants Nia to come with him. She doesn't want to go. And then we fi- it's finally revealed that she doesn't heal people. She just takes on their ailments. Like, it's finally revealed. If you were guessing, you figured it out, you've done it. Mm. So, yeah, this dude's going to force a relatively healthy young woman to absorb his mother's cancer so she won't die. Woof. Yes. Woof. <laughs> yes. I will say, they went further with it than I expected. You didn't expect the next scene? <laughs> well, so Garrett tells Connor to, you know, take what he needs, and then he walks away. Like, just like, this is the last advice I'm giving you, and then walks away. Perfect. Okay. And I, I fully expected Connor to break break good, I guess, at this point, and let Nia go, and then go and have a tearful what have you with his mother. But instead, he drags Nia to the hospital mm-hmm. at gunpoint. Mm-hmm. Once again, mm-hmm. no one is watching the hospital. <laughs> well, there's been a there's a huge there's a, raid. There's a huge raid. Sure, sure. You're right. Maybe this time is also fine. I just feel like it's a bit of a plot hole. Fair enough. They don't even. They didn't put a hoodie on. Nothing. You know what I mean? Like not even a baseball cap. That's nondescript. Yeah, like you think that the two co- like Davis and Park would have like gone to the receptionist and be like they handed over they handed them a picture and say if you see this person call me. <laughs> like yeah, that's, easy. That's what he would have done. Have to be a cop there. You got nurses, man. They can do it. Anyways, he has her at gunpoint, making her heal his mother. And it goes on and on and on, and you can see Nia's slowly getting this, the same scars on her body, the, the the kind of the blue glowy scars that, that his mother has, before Connor finally kind of just comes to his senses, I suppose, and uh, has her stop. Yeah. You know, has his nice, tearful goodbye with his mother. Stop, stop, stop. Yes. You should edit the stop, stop, stop out of the movie <laughs> and play no. it at that moment. Go ahead. No. So, at this point, so for one, I expected him... She just let her go right away. I didn't expect it. Like, as soon as sure. she goes, this could kill me, I expected him to go, you're right, my bad, I'm sorry I didn't realize, get the hell out of here, you know? But he didn't. At this point, Connor's not, he's trying to do the right thing, but not really. He's really he's still trying to get ahead through any means necessary. I don't know. So he stops her. So, How, hold would on, you, hold on. Would you so is he chaotic? have preferred? So go ahead. Ask me your question. Would you have preferred if he had forced Nia to heal his mother? Uh, Nia died? It's a very different ending. It is a very different ending. He just doesn't want to become Garrett, I guess. You know what I mean? He doesn't want to be like his Maybe dad. Maybe not as jaded. You know, he doesn't want to be his dad. But he, yeah. Which is kind of turning I out suppose. to be. So had he... Much more, much more successful. Yeah, had he gone through with it, that would have been interesting. You don't you don't usually see a lot of bad endings. <laughs> in no, no, you don't. That's that's why I think it would have been very, very interesting. Yeah. But I think that and, and we, there's a few more scenes here to, to go. Sure. But I do I do like that they left it open. There's so many sequel or spinoff or just other stories you could tell with yeah. similar or different or the same you know characters. Mm-hmm. So after this, he he drives to the cop shop with Nia, gives her the keys to his truck, says, "Hey, this has got almost a full tank of gas. I should get you." 
well on your way. And he goes in to turn himself in. Does he turn we also himself see, in? Yes. Yeah. Are you sure? Well, he says he's decided to. And he gets out of the car. That doesn't show it, I suppose. Well, what you're describing is the ending sequence. I am. I'm going through the ending we, sequence. We should just go ahead and talk about how Connor's mom dies. We just kind of skipped over that. Uh, well, she, I said she, he has a tearful goodbye with his mother. She passes away. But we we never actually see him in jail because he gets out of the truck. And then Park and Davis have their medal ceremony. Park's morally conflicted. But, you know, ultimately, I think he did the right thing by helping shut down a criminal enterprise. <laughs> sure garrett pays off his i think kids. he's he's fine with taking down the criminals i think he's he's not fine with it being used politically yeah. to further discriminate against yeah. people with powers which include his daughter yeah. he's got a big heart it's not working out yes. for park though garrett pays off his debt to the trust he gives them double the money that they asked for it's a lot of money yeah well we only see one suitcase because one of them was captured it was 10 million dollars worth of psych so i assume it's five million dollars yep or street value of five mil. Connor goes to a cemetery to say hi to his mom or whatever. Uh, and then he leaves. And then Nia visits what we assume is her father in prison. Yes. Ooh, thunder. Lightning and the thunder. Yeah. Hailstorms tonight. We never, that's the end of the movie. We don't see Connor go to a police station. We don't see him turn himself in. So maybe that's the sequel. The sequel begins with him turning himself in. Possibly. Yeah. What did you Possibly. think about the end of this movie? That, I liked it. That ending sequence. I liked that. I liked that it had several. I liked that each character got its own ending. Yeah, it tied up. Connor got his own ending. Every, Garrett got his own ending. Every, Park got their own yeah. ending. Nia got their own ending. It all made sense for their characters. There wasn't some sort of. It did not become a superhero movie. Yeah. Which is fantastic. It also didn't become a super villain or super criminal movie, which is also fantastic. They all went through their. their they're still going throughout their lives. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. As predictable as I thought a lot of the big plot points were, the beginning and the end mm -hmm. were great. The action sequences are awesome. Uh, the visual storytelling is on par. I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I look forward to hopefully a, a getting a sequel. Did you Did you watch the credits? I watched the credits. I didn't see anything. Did you see... I guess they this was uh, funded through Kickstarter or Indiegogo, something along oh. those lines, and they just had a huge list of names. Cool. I looked it up, and there's like 30,000 names. Everyone who donated got their name in the movie. Red. That's yeah. awesome. So it's it solid. It's solid. Um, what did you think of the, uh, I mean, just the ending in general? All of the loose ends except one got tied up. Oh? And that's what happens to the uh, Dollar General manager. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Uh, no, I think he uh, he works until he dies. That's what you do with <laughs> a, as a Dollar General manager. No, having worked retail for a long time, I can tell you, you work until you die. That's uh, that's how it works. But yeah, I think we're both in agreement. I thought the ending was perfect. So the question remains. Oh, actually, hold on. Before that, I have I have several questions that I was going to ask you, and I didn't ask you, or you interrupted me, which is okay. One <sighs> good for me is Connor yeah. chaotic good. Mm. Because he doesn't obey the law, and he's... He is upholding a standard. It's just his own standard. He's not... Sure. <laughs> okay, great. Love the participation in this one. And my other question was, what would be your superpower if you lived in this world? Mm, that's, a, that's a fantastic question. Because all of them have their, their uses, you know? Freeze things. Light things on fire. Mm -hmm. Electric power. You know what? Telekinesis. That's not even, you know, it's not even a question. If I could be just that much more lazy, 
while sitting at my couch. <laughs> oh, the remote fell? No, it didn't. It's in my hand. Uh, oh, I sat down and forgot to grab my drink off the off the kitchen counter. No big deal. I mean, me, that's a maybe. Brawn would be a second choice. Is invisibility a power in this world? Well, they've established so. Connor didn't. He was surprised to find out that Nia was a healer, which means yeah. there are powers that are either very rare or newly manifested. There are powers that are very common because it's genetics, right? Yeah. So it makes sense that some would be very common, like pyro and whatnot, and to different levels, right? Um, just think of all sorts of other genetics. You can just take height, for example. There's so many different heights of people. People are various heights. So it makes sense that you could classify, you know, a level one, level th- or class one, class two pyro or electric the same way you would measure somebody's height. Uh, so, yeah, I would imagine that, imagine that you could have new manifestations as things are, are combined. I mean, do you think that they would ever explore people having more than one power? That's what I was... Uh... Like a TK brawn, or I can read your mind and shoot electricity from my fingertips. But maybe not as well on both. I don't know. I would be a cryo and pyro combo. Just, just you don't need an oven. Yeah. Or <laughs> <laughs> or ice ever. Or ice ever again. <laughs> Save yourself yeah. some freezer space and some cabinet space, man. That's just now. That's just extra, extra storage. I'm just, I'm just thinking in thirty twenty, man. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Could you imagine having to uh, having to cook the Thanksgiving turkey with your bare hands? <laughs> Sorry guys, I can't come out. I got to do this for the next fourteen hours. <laughs> I don't think. It would, yeah, I don't know. I guess we can go ahead and talk about this movie as a movie rather than as a story or a plot or as a means for us to make jokes about. This movie, Code Eight, mm-hmm. is actually the brainchild of Robbie and Stephen Amell, probably the main characters in the movie. Yeah, they're uh, the main. Connor is definitely sure. the lead. Garrett is probably the second most important character. In 2016, they released a short film called Code 8. I'm just reading this off the wiki. Uh, then they set up an Indiegogo page where they wanted $200,000 to start making a movie. Like a feature film. Uh, is it, yeah. As it turns out, they received $2.4 million within a, less than a month from the March 23rd to April 24th. I thought that was pretty cool. Fundraising eventually closed in December the last day of the year, the 31st, at $3.4 million. So this is for DVD pressings, wardrobe, props, probably press, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The reason why this movie runs so long is four minutes of the credits is devoted to 30,810 contributors. Yes. Which I thought was really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah. if you contribute I, money to a film, I imagine you get some sort of credit normally. And even if they don't have to, I mean, that's just a, a nice, nice touch. Yeah, I didn't see the short film. I didn't even know it existed. I didn't um, either before, you know, until after I'd already watched this. It's yeah. a 10-minute short. I mean, maybe we should watch it, but there's no reason to keep going <laughs> to watch it again. Like, I might watch yeah. it. We can. I'm, I'm probably going to at some point. Yeah, but just not for part of the podcast. I will definitely watch it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But Sure, sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, it, as it d- turns out in very the lore of this movie, less than, I think it's 4% of the population yes. are the ones born with the increased ability. I feel like there's a lot more that could be said within this world that they've built. A lot more messages that could be, and analogs that could be made. 
be very interested to see what they do next. And hopefully, sure. I'm rooting for it not to become just a generic action franchise. I'd rather it keep its political leanings. Um, I think that gives. Okay. I think that's what gives it a little bit more of a. I mean, it's not just uh, push, you know, or what was yeah. the other one? Something about a number. These generic. Right. I have superpowers, and I'm a pretty young boy. You know what I mean? Never saw push. Yeah. Good. I mean, you know what? We're gonna um, watch it next. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I see what you're saying. If you have somebody who has the ability to read minds, maybe you have somebody who's got the ability to influence thoughts. Yeah. Right. And, and so you can have much more powerful, not 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 powerful in a physical manner, but just a lot more sinister um, powers. I mean, because the, the the ability to read minds or read thoughts, I should say, because um, I think it's an active thing. I mean, you could use that in criminal investigation. I mean, but then you get all sorts mm-hmm. of privacy yeah. questions. Of course, at the beginning of the movie, everyone is signing up to be tracked and whatnot. So that in, in this more police state and they're selling it as a positive thing. So maybe they would subject themselves to, to mind read by, you know, a, a, a PI or something of that sort. So he can investigate things. So I think there's, I think, I think but that, once again, I just think that shows that they've built such a good world that you could do something besides uh, a criminal action movie. You could do an investigate, uh, you know, mystery investigative type movie or a thriller. We yeah, have a like shapeshifter. Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. But with a guy who reads minds or not necessarily reads minds, but like can know when someone's been somewhere, like they can tell based on the way the molecules in a room. Sure. They make all disturbed. sorts of stuff. And that's what I love that they didn't go through and start. That's why I love the, they, they did a lot of showing instead of telling because that mm-hmm. doesn't limit them later. They didn't say, Oh, these are the seven types of powers you can have. It was like, no, we're going to show you these very common ones, but also there's this healer and there's only one person we come across that reads minds and only one person we come across that shapeshifts, but we've come across several bronze, uh, yeah. the super strong people, more than one pyro, more than one electric is mentioned. Um, of course, his mother's the only one with freeze powers, but if you can heat things up, it makes sense that you'd have the inverse, right? I'd also so, no, I think it just leaves, the... it, it leaves it open for a lot of things, and I'm, I'm glad that they're doing it. I'm, I'm glad the way they're doing it. I really hope that they continue in some form or fashion. I, I'd also assume that the reason why we see so very few of people who are bulletproof and healers and mind readers and shapeshifters, maybe they don't get to be in public. And so that's one of the reasons why this guy, Marcus, is a criminal, is he is blatantly disobeying the law by being a citizen. I don't know. I mean, Maybe. I mean, it makes sense how it, he would so. become, it makes sense, just like Nia the healer is useful to him. I bet yeah. you he was useful to somebody else at some point. Here's my assistant or you know my lackey or what have you that can read your thoughts and make sure you don't have any ill intent. I mean... How better to tell somebody's a cop or not when you're doing a drug deal than to have a, a mind reader on yeah. your side? It yeah. fits then perfectly. He, then he started getting high on his own supply. Yeah, essentially, yeah. <laughs> Psychic or flew too, cro- too close to the sun. Uh, I have another perfect. question. Yeah. Oh, you never what answered. S- oh, did you did. Cryopyro, that's right. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. What's your question? What would the sequel to this movie be called? Code 9 or Code 8.1? Ooh. Uh, because mm. they don't really discuss what code nine or code eight means. I think that's like what's code eight uh, was like the, the police uh, call. It was the police right? call for okay. um, unlicensed or unregistered powers mm. or powers being used or what have you. Well, there's a okay. this, so we, we was gonna save it for last, but there's a spinoff series was announced back in December. Oh, and is in development. Okay, I'm sure it's been I'm sure it's still just in pre-development at this point. Uh, but the same, I believe, the same director. Starring Robbie and Stephen Amell. Let's see. 
written by the person who did the original screenplay. So it's the same team. Of course, it's a spinoff you know, short series, so they probably just call it Code 8. And uh, really, you know what? Code 8 in a subtitle. I'm fine. It doesn't have to have a numbering system. Okay. Cool. You know? I'm in it. Code I'm 8 is the second one. <laughs> Code 8 2. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of, of unique sequel names. I mean, sometimes it's best just to put a number on it. But, you know, like Alien and then Aliens. Awesome. Codes 8. Codes 8. Code crazy eights. eights. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think Crazy Eights is already a movie somehow. Yeah, probably, uh, <laughs> or like the the Fallen series. I really like London Has Fallen, Olympus Has Fallen. You know that that whole bit. I, I like that kind of thematics. Maybe they do something like that, or just just subtitles. Is, or uh, yeah, subtitles is fine. Do you want to talk about any of the actors specifically in this movie? I think they all did a fantastic job. Um, everything was really believable. Um, but nothing stood out to me. I, I think we've already talked about how Stephen Amell was definitely vibing off his uh, Russian mafia Arrow scenes, um, <laughs> which I love that I got a whole movie of because those are the best scenes from Arrow, or at least my favorite, uh, Fight Me. So we yeah. got, I figured out who the bodyguard, so his name is Rhino, and his real name is Simon Northwood. He has obviously written his own IMDb biography because it starts out with simon northwood considers himself to be a well-traveled and adaptable individual cool uh he's done a lot of stuff can i do that can he's i write my own movie. imdb you got to get your screen actors guild card but i think you can oh, okay he was in shazam oh he was he oh he's one phone. upping one upping uh mr suits uh, <laughs> one from... he got his phone he's one of the guys that gets his phone zapped mm. by um captain marvel in that movie yeah. He's he's been in a lot of stunts or he's been in a lot of movies as a stunt man, let me rephrase that. Or a stunt oh, person. Man, let me say, uh you said Shazam, I thought of Kazam. You had a very different uh, very different uh, scene in my head. I was like, oh, yeah, maybe. No, thank you. Oh, I've never I have not seen Shazam. Yeah, like I said, he's just been in a lot of stuff as a stunt person, but only yeah. recently I guess got he's been in movies. Well, he did really well. I mean, the fight scenes. I what did he have to do? <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying, like he he did well, and he had the he had the presence. Gotcha. Like he fit his role. Like you don't have to. St- Some roles aren't meant to stand out. That's his like whole point a as a look. bodyguard. He had a look exactly, and you knew yeah. by looking at him and, and the environment he's in, you knew exactly what this guy was about. Okay. I mean, and when he leapt in front of Sutcliffe and took all those bullets. I mean, before mm-hmm. we knew he was bulletproof, right? Just crazy. I mean, just those small things. I mean, yeah, but mostly the, the action scene at the end, you could tell that he knew what he was doing as far as portraying the action and whatnot. There, you know how you see a lot of action scenes or movies, and you're like, oh, that guy's an amateur. Definitely nothing like that in this film. Yeah. All in all, uh, did you like this movie? I did. I did like this movie. Good. I would recommend it. I liked it as well. Lazy afternoon, want to watch a film? Not a bad choice. I didn't think it went on for too long. Mm-hmm. I mean, its runtime is 100 minutes. You obviously don't get 100 minutes of movie. I grew up in the 90s where movies were anywhere from 75 minutes to 90 minutes. And I'm kind of resentful the fact that movies have gotten to be two hour long affairs. Lord of the Rings. And it, thank thank and it for that. And it has another... Well, I, Titanic came out in 1999. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so... Or yeah, I've, not I've, 1999. I'm probably I've, completely wrong on that. I've blacked that out, but go ahead. <laughs> but I thought 100 minutes was great. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, like a... eight minutes of credits with all the names they sure. list. I mean, it's in three columns or three or four columns going down. But that's 30,000 names. It takes a while. Sure. So you're just hitting um, that hour and a half and a, and a handful of extra minutes, really. No, but I definitely thought it was the right length. Yes. Maybe they could have cut some stuff out, but I'm not an editor. So who knows pacing was, what's was on the cutting good. room floor. So. I thought the pacing went well. Definitely gave me some Neil Blockamp vibes with the yeah. kind of police state, the ostracized group of people that are unique and and relatable from an outside viewer. Well, yeah, I kind of yeah. like I kind of referenced like his quote unquote style. Yes, because he wrote and produced Elysium, mm-hmm. which is the movie I was referring to earlier as well yeah. as Chappie. Chappie, and he was District also the 9. writer of District Nine. Yeah, so. I just, definitely, you see, you definitely see his influence there. Absolutely. Yeah. Is it so. as good? or it, Well, I mean, it's hard to say because this is definitely not a triple A huge production like those other movies you just mentioned. But it definitely holds its own with what it's got. That'll about do it for me. Will that about do it for you? That'll do it for me. All right. Well, do you have any questions, comments? I'll read them if you give me a five-star review on iTunes or whatever podcast listening app that you use. So complaints concerns because see the thing is if you don't like something i'm not going to read it if it's not a one-star review (laughs) i'm I'm sorry i'm I'm not going to read it if it's a one-star review heard it here first one stars all the way (laughs) all right everybody well that was another episode of the b-roll podcast awesome i want to say thanks for listening well join us for another episode thanks guys notes this time again i yeah i always make notes perfect because i didn't and i'm gonna keep doing it that way if that's okay with you oh, um, man. i think it's You're gonna make me go crazy <laughs> um uh.